Mama Bell, you here? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 no, we we won't we won't there yet. We won't there yet. Good morning, everybody. Everybody's here all bright eyed and pushy tail. Y'all don't know about that. Uh, well, it's better than me. I've been up all night long. Mm. The Lord. I left you and went to cleaning some more. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I thought I'd get to bed about three. That didn't happen. I found some more areas, so I went to scrubbing until about 20 minutes ago. Uh, but we go, as they say, like dirt, I shall rise. On this morning. Mama, uh, I know you have your friends. Does that mean that uh, you won't be able to introduce your piano this morning? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I already told them that. I just didn't. She, she may not wake up here. Uh, so I, I just didn't want to give you know, jar with the door. No, I'm I'm going on with the program. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. You yeah. know, nothing makes you. That's what yeah. I get up in the morning for to hear you play the piano for Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we'll begin with our personal time of prayer for you to share what's on your heart. Uh, There may be a lot of things that uh, you are dealing with that uh, we may not have been able to discuss or even think about for that matter. We will leave you to that. I was hearing a preaching while you're doing that thing. He said uh, he prayed and almost dropped the Well, I did drop the phone. But he prayed and then he stopped right in the middle of his prayer. And the people was all with him and excited and jumping and hollering and carrying on, as they say. And he stopped the press. He said, you know what? I've done a good job of telling you what's on my mind. Now you tell the Lord what's on yours. And the people sat there quietly and mystified because they did not understand what the preacher was talking about. And he said, you got problems that you need to talk to him about. If you believe my prayers work, why don't you believe your own will work? So have a little talk with him. Jesus. You got to about your trouble. Oh, Jesus, help us, God, help us. 
We're celebrating Thanksgiving tomorrow. There's a whole lot of folks who was here last year for Thanksgiving. But there will be a place at the table empty. Would you please give them your prayers, those families your prayers? Taking good juice. Preacher said it's the good juice. Somebody said, Why did you butcher it and call it the good juice? He said, I didn't butcher it. He said, Because what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. The blood is liquid. Liquid is juice. It's the good juice. It's like orange juice with the vitamin D that builds your metabolism. The blood is the juice that builds your spiritual metabolism. It's a good juice. We're about to partake of it. But before that happens, as the kids say, you may feel some type of way. Might have some problems with you people that needs your attention. We can have my dear grandmother pray over us and then our time together and then uh, we'll call it our moment of uh, of restoration. They said, before you partake, see if there's any alt in you. Oh, She'll pray for us. And then after she finished, Mama Bell, if you can hit that piano forte. I feel so good about my life. Is that all right, Mama Bell? Uh, right after uh, uh, Miss Dayton pray, prays. Right, right after oh. she plays. Prays. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Most holy and all wise Father, we thank you, we praise you, we love you. And God, we thank you because God, you kept us another year. With your loving arms of protection around us, God. You made a way for us, God. You, oh God, you have opened doors for us and you have been there for us and we thank you. We just want to thank you, oh God, because of your love. You love us so much, God, and we thank you for it. Help us to always remember whatever we are, wherever we have been, whatever you've done, it's 
always there. Put us out and you kept us, oh God. And you have encouraged us the whole year. And we just want to say thank you. God, we just pray right now. God, as we think about you, what you've done for us on that cross. And God, you told us that never to always to remember what you've done. And you hung on that cross for our sins. And we just want to say thank you. We just thank you this morning. Bless every listening ear, God. Everyone, oh God, that hear this prayer. From, oh God, to receive you, believe in you, and trust you in every situation. Help us not to fear. Help us to keep our eyes on you. You said trust in the Lord and lean not to our own understanding. But in all our ways, help us to acknowledge you, knowing that you are in control. You are the almighty God. You are, oh God, your Alpha and Omega. We just say thank you. We love you, God. We praise you and we give your name all the honor. All the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Many blessings. I tell you, even even when you're trying to be quiet, you make a lot of noise in a beautiful way. <laughs> I was trying to close the door upstairs. I yeah, but happy and do that. Count your blessings and thank you, God. As I mentioned on Sunday, I watched a sermon about a preacher who did a eulogy a few days ago, and he said something that healed me. He said, you know, the 
traditional style of preaching is to go from text to talk. But sometimes you already know the text. Just get to the talking. You already know the text. How many times have you been told, how many ways can a preacher dissect the final hours, days, if you will, of the Savior? But the scripture says in clear passage, it says that we have not a high priest that has not been, uh, has not felt all, has not dealt with all. That being said, he understands and feels the problems that we all face. So that got me to thinking. It got me to thinking because if he felt what we felt, then what I feel must resonate or in some ways similar or have some type of similarity, thank you for letting me blunder that through, to what he felt. Now some will say, well, we are flawed. Jesus was perfect. He was God and man. So, so, so those things that we deal with, Jesus ain't deal with. Well, then the text is a lie. Because the text says we have not a high priest who has not felt our infirmities. So I wondered, as I sat there, it's very poetic for us to have Thanksgiving at this moment in time Looking at the calendar, you'll realize that it is one calendar Thursday that stands between our events tomorrow and the events that we celebrated known as Veterans Day. I take some time and I go down to that memorial place over there in the in Norfolk, over near Town Point Park, the War Memorial, they call it. You go over there and you read some of the letters that are on the ground. Numerous letters. I invite you to take some time, if you can, to go out there and just experience it, even if you may not be able to to read it or, or get down there long enough to truly connect with it. And I don't want to spend time talking about military today. I've done that before this month. But I thought about all of those individuals. Then I thought about a young man and that spent his life trying to help people. He had a vision. He had a dream. He felt like his mission statement was to help folks. He was very talented. 
had a lot to offer the world, had a lot of opportunity for himself, could have did anything in this world. And yet he decided one day when he looked around his community, when he looked around his home, his family and friends were seemingly beneath him. This young man had had various opportunities. He had sailed the seven seas and went through rivers and creeks and sat down with kings and queens. He had done all the things that a person should do. And yet he was in a town with people that barely made rent payment. And even if they did make rent payment, they were mentally not there. They've been told some things. They were still holding on to the issues and the struggles of the past. And he thought that because of all of the issues, because of all of the successes that he had, if he could somehow merge his successes with the people's issues, he could make a different world. And so he set out on a journey, this young man. He set on a journey almost as similar to the journey that our Savior set out on. When the God, when God the Father, not the God, God the Father, the Creator, our Creator, was looking around heaven, he had this problem. He, too, like this young man, recognized that there were serious afflictions in the world. People were suffering from racism, either victimized or victimizing. They were suffering from poverty, from greed, from immoralities of all kinds. They were suffering from politics that was pushing us between two opinions and forcing us to either one corner or the other. There was a suffering, and he looked around and he said, we got to do something. Just like my friend who it made sense to me because he was just operating as his friend his big brother, as many would like to call Jesus our big brother, God being our father. Jesus said on that faithful occasion, he says, make body and I'll go down and deal with men. But then he got here and the story is very long and very familiar all the things that he did, but I want to get to a very interesting part of the story, one that most gloss over because to some degree our hearts have been a little hardened. It's not bad that it's hardened. It's more of a defense mechanism because we've been hurt so much, we've been let down so much, we've been put down so much that we have a tendency to just not get close to people. You expect them to slice your throat. You expect them to stab you in the heart. You expect them 
to not, as the song said, if I can clean it up a bit, you expect these folks not to, these folks ain't loyal. That's what you expect. And so looking at that, he's surrounded by people who he's considering his friends. Can you imagine being in the room with people you think are your friends? And yet, they're not even paying attention to you. They know that you are Jesus, you are the head guy, you you are the pastor of the church with 20,000 members. They know you are the presiding bishop. They know that you are uh, heading up to Washington to be the big political person. They know that you have insider connections, and they're not interested in you, the person. They're interested in what you, the person, can do for them, and they love to be around you because you can do something for them. The Bible, if you read it, it says why he was preparing. There should have been a time where the disciples gathered around Jesus and sat there as friends and say, Lord, I know you're getting ready to go through a lot. You, you, need, you need a mental health moment. You need for us to just sit down and listen to you. I don't know if I really want to condemn the disciples. It's a hard world. You got problems, I got problems, everybody got to pay attention to their own problems, every man for himself, God for us all. And so now it makes sense, except it doesn't make sense. Because how many of your friends are sitting in front of you preparing to die for you? Oh, we've sent people off to war, our families, members, cousins, aunts, uncles. The list goes on and on. But you sent them off with a possibility. You never sent anybody off knowing they weren't coming back. You might have thought they may not come back. It might have been a little pit in the bottom of your gut that made you want to hold yourself down just in case. But here are friends sitting in front of their friend who ain't coming back. Hallelujah. In just a few days, just a few days, about, uh, I don't know, exact number, December 7th, we'll just go ahead and do that and stop trying to add. But on December 7th, we will celebrate 80 years since that fateful day in 1941 yeah. when they attacked Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are interested, please get with me. The uh, MacArthur Museum is doing a symposium. It's virtual. You can use it or watch it on your computers. It's free. We can get you set up for it if you want to sit around your home and 
and participate in that. Eighty years ago, can you imagine how you would feel if your cousin, your uncle, you sit here now, 80 years later, and you know they died. You know they had their, they met their end. How would you have felt if December 7, 1941, December 6, 1941, you were sitting there, nine times out of ten, you were looking through the catalogs for your final touches on the Christmas shopping. December 7, depending upon how you celebrated, we're about seven days into 12 days of Christmas, or we're preparing for the 12 days of Christmas. It depends on how you celebrate it. The marketers will tell you it's 1 to 12. Go over there and tell you it's 12 to 24. I really don't keep up these days. But imagine you sitting there, and you know this is it. How would you respond? How do you think, more importantly, your friend would feel if, you knew he told you he was going away. He said, yeah, I know you're going, but before you do, can you make sure that I get the Bentley? <laughs> you got a Rolls Royce that you thought you was going to get a mama. My, uh, um, can you go ahead and get that to me now? How about that Rolex watch you gonna you gotta be? Can I have that? You got your will written? Am I in it? How about we just read it now? Since since you talking about you ain't coming back. I wonder how he feel. I know how I felt. Or I would feel. That'd be devastating. I swear for the Lord, ain't nobody love me. Matter of fact, whatever was in that will, it'll be changed before I head <laughs> off on that ship. For sure. <laughs> I promise you. And y'all may have to pray for me because I know I'm the preacher, but I promise you, y'all to wake up on December 7th. <laughs> Y'all treat me like that. And old James Martin Esquire will stand in front of you, letting you know that I have passed. And he will read the will, and he will say to all my family, go to hallelujah, bless God. <laughs> and I just said that for the church version. I might have to tell you one or two other things in that letter. I ain't going to do it because we in holy service. (laughs) Oh, dear. But I can think about how hurtful that would be. And yet, 
as the text goes down to say, he never said a mumbling word. As a matter of fact, he looked over at Brother Judas. He said, look here, I know you're going to be the one to get the party started. So just go ahead and hurry up, man. I ain't got all night. Then when Judas got there, he said, how are you, friend? And then the one time, the one time that Peter did something to probably protect his friend, he went, get on over there, Satan. Go sit your little self down. And he kissed the one who was pushing him to his death. He kissed him as if to say, I forgive you. It's all right. How do you forgive someone that's setting you up to die? I'm gonna finish this because I ain't got all day, but but I got more. I just can't I can't take this. Because it's glossed over. That's one of the reasons why I hate doing communion every Sunday. It's just rushed through and no thought. No process. On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he blessed it. And he said, take this, my body, and eat it and throw it in the memory of me and do this. You show forth my death till I come. Okay, cool. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But if you ever sat down and processed it, when I was growing up, we went to church at night for communion. And you sat there around that table for about 20 minutes or more, at least 20, and you thought about it. Well, some of us did. The rest of us thought about how stale the crackers was, but that's all right. We won't save them. <laughs> Y'all pray for us. We're getting there now. You might have saw some flying in our juice, because back then they didn't have tops on the juice. A little bit of Edmund's hair might have fell off in one of the cups. But what have you thought about it and processed it? And then, and this is my final point, and we'll get to business. <laughs> my final thought, everybody's left me. Peter tried to kill somebody for me five minutes ago. He was gangster. Now he don't know I exist. And I'm dying. And, you know, it's one thing. It's one thing, Mama Bell, if you don't like me no more. It's one thing if Brother Dennis can't stand my guts. It's one thing if old Mama, Mama, Mama Mildred don't like me no more. But if Grandmama turn her back on me, oh, I might die. 
I don't know how I'm going to eat. Yeah, it'd be time to. Mm-hmm. That'll be a tragedy. Mm-hmm. That'll be worse than COVID. Mm-hmm. But he had to look up. My God, why you do this to me? Are you so interested in your ideas, in your thought process, in what you have, your standard, that you just going to turn on me? Some of you know what that's like. They'll cuss out your dreams because it doesn't apply to their standards. I, I can tell you, I've been there. They can't get with you because my standards won't let me. It doesn't really matter if you you could be the biggest saint on planet Earth, but because you're a woman and God called you to preach, my standards can't let I don't believe women should do that. God can't use you women, folks. So I'm going to dismiss you. And then finally, get your cups, we're going. After all that's gone, then somebody still asks him to do something else. And when he's like, I'm just tired and I'm done and I don't want to do this no more and just leave me alone and let me die, he look over and somebody else needs him. And he stops to take care of somebody else's business. That's what you celebrate this morning. That is the ultimate Thanksgiving moment to me. I'm thankful for the one who stopped dealing with his own problems to take care of mine. And most importantly, the reason why he had problems that he had to stop dealing with is because I couldn't deal with it, so he took them on. He knew no sin, but to prevent us from being subjects and subjected and prisoners of sin, he took on sin so that we could have an escape from sin, and that is the reason why I believe is the ultimate thanksgiving. So this morning, as you sit there with your elements, whatever you got, it could be a little cup of water, it could be some grape juice, some orange juice, a glass of tea, as far as I'm concerned, you can have a glass of malt liquor, whatever you got. While you take that, would you process what we have said in, in your own way? And then Brother Dennis will close us out in prayer. Give him a few moments, Brother Dennis, to process. And then when you feel led. Jesus. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord.
because Lord has received you. Thank you. Father God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you that we can celebrate. Celebrate what you taught us to do, what you showed the disciples and how you expressed yourself during your final days and how you told us that we should always remember you. Hopefully we do that. And as we do that today and we prepare to be thankful tomorrow for the things that we have on this earth, let us be reminded and also be more than thankful and grateful what you have done for us no other no greater no greater sacrifice than than what you have done lord we just thank you we ask you be with us be with our families let us be the beacon of light that we need to be let us be the the voice of salvation for those in our families that that need that that need to hear need to hear about jesus and his everlasting love lord again we just thank you being with us for watching over us we thank you for your sacrifice as we took these elements we we understand what you did for us but most of all we have to understand what we need to do for you we just bless just ask continue to bless us and be over us we thank you we thank you yes jesus amen and amen have a great thanksgiving god bless you thank you